and welcome to Best Girl Grip, the podcast that celebrates the women behind the scenes of the British film industry. I'm your host, Nicole Davis. Hello, pod pals. It's Nicole. Welcome to the latest episode of Best Girl Grip. This one is tinged with a bit of sadness. I recorded it with Sana Yahul, co-director of the Glasgow Short Film Festival, whilst visiting the Glasgow Film Festival two weeks ago, ahead of their 2020 edition, which was due to kick off tomorrow. Unfortunately, coronavirus has waylaid those plans, and the festival has been postponed until later in the year. It's a tricky but necessary decision, and my thoughts with Sane and the whole team, whose hard work will have to wait to be rewarded. I decided to put this episode out anyway, because I think it's still very timely, given that festivals around the world are having to postpone or move online um, to hear what goes into the organisation and execution. Sane joined the Glasgow Short Film Festival in 2014 and worked her way up to the position of co-director. She is also a programmer and producer of Document Human Rights Film Festival and freelances as a writer, conversation host and curator. She also sits on the advisory board of Femspectives, a feminist film festival in Glasgow. We talk about the process of selecting films for the festival, how they support filmmakers, what excites her about Scottish talent, the expanding short film landscape, and some recent highlights in her career. It's heartbreaking having heard Sani talk so ardently about her work on the festival to think that it won't be going ahead right now, but it will be back, and with Sani and her team at the forefront, I've no doubt it'll be with a bang. On a similar note, I hope wherever you are self-isolating, you're doing okay. Now is definitely a really difficult time for freelance creatives, filmmakers and cruise people, and the film industry at large. And more than ever, we need to be connected. So set up that WhatsApp group, get on the phone, Skype a friend or peer or colleague, and stay energised, stay healthy, and most of all, watch all those films you've been meaning to get around to. In the meantime, enjoy my interview for Sana Yahul. This is episode 48 of Best Girl Grip. So I, I feel like I've studied for most of my life. Like I went to university way too long, to be honest. I started in um, in art school in Brussels, um, so I had a came from a fine arts background and then went on to study journalism, also in Belgium. And then, yeah, sort of got into film journalism, or, or was interested in film journalism through that, and then decided to move to Glasgow for a master's in cinema. Um, and I was supposed to come over for one year, and then that led to another master's in American studies. Um, and so since then, I'm just in Scotland, <laughs> basically. And what prompted the move to Glasgow, the master's programme itself? Was yeah, it I mean, I wanted to do a master's in an English-speaking country, I think, just just for developing my language and, and because I was quite interested in a lot of the courses here, which we didn't really have in the same way in Belgium. Yeah, I applied to quite a few places in the UK and landed on Glasgow, particularly because I'd heard so much about the city and its cultural scene and its art scene, um, which was obviously a really good decision. <laughs> And so you were interested in the current film industry, obviously doing film journalism and yeah. studying cinema. Did you kind of know what that looked like or what you wanted to turn no. that into? <laughs> I really didn't. Um, I think I didn't have, I didn't really know much about, uh, particularly like the festival or the exhibition industry. And I had this idea that I would just, you know, write about film, not not really assuming that I would make a living out of it. But but I guess when I moved here, the sort of journalism the writing I was doing kind of took a back seat for a bit because it wasn't my first language and you know um and got more into academia and then 
yeah, and then sort of via very like via different routes, ended up in film exhibition, but you know tried to still write a bit on the side when I can. Um, well, while I was doing the masters, I was still doing some writing for publications in Belgium, right, right, right. Um, and then obviously you know I tried to get work in Scotland, and that wasn't easy, and that didn't immediately work out for me. And I left for a little bit, and then I came back, and then that's when everything sort of started rolling. Is that when you started at Glasgow Short Film Festival? Yeah, sort of. Like I came, I came, so I left for a bit in 2013, came back early 2014 and worked in sort of script reading and, and I was like a, a script development assistant for a while. And then this job popped up with the Short Film Festival and I had years before that, I'd sort of volunteered for them a few times. And so I knew the team Basically, since then, I've been with them. <laughs> was that so, a co-director role? No, 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 no. That was like that was just at the time an assistant role, right? Um, which I'd sort of, I mean, I sort of actively was like, I'm going to go for this to get into that industry, even though, I, you know, in the beginning it was very just it was an assistant role. It was admin based. It was, but I learned a lot from it, and and luckily they had sort of enough faith in me that they let me evolve quite quickly as well, which is, I guess, the advantage of being in a small team. So. And what appealed to you about working at a festival? I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if it was very much a strategic step. I'm not. I'm not the best at planning, <laughs> but um, I think it was more that I really loved the the buzz of it. And because I'd been because I'd been writing and I'd been in academia, you know, like I, at one point I started a PhD, and that kind of mentally broke me a little bit. Um, and just the, it, it's such a different thing. Like you're not isolated, and you're constantly working with different people. You're constantly meeting different people, and you get this huge reward at the end of it of people just coming together and enjoying something that you're helping to facilitate and I think that was you know that was sort of why I loved it and why I wanted to stick with it. So you sort of grown with the festival and you've risen the ranks as it sort of um, exploded how have you seen it change and especially the short film landscape I feel like that's changed quite a bit as well so has that kind of worked symbiotically with the festival? Um, I guess, yeah, I guess to an extent, I think, I guess when I came on board um, was the first year that um, GSFF sort of separated from Glasgow Film Festival because it started as, well, it started as a, as a sort of quarterly short film event, but then for, for ages it was a weekend at the beginning of Glasgow Film Festival. And then it grew and it went into these five days in March that is still is now, um, which is when I came on board. So I guess I was... Yeah, I joined the team as it was going through that expansion and, and, and as it was sort of making more of its mark as Scotland's leading short film event. So then the growth of what you're doing, but also public interest in it and how people are engaging with it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's I guess, created a lot of challenges for us as well in terms of like how you how you raise awareness of short film as an art form and how you develop audiences for that when you're no longer part of this bigger festival that people already have that awareness mm. of. We've been growing year on year, which hopefully is a good sign. And, and we have really good relationships with with f- film talent in Scotland and get a lot of support from different partners in Scotland. So I think just by seeing that people really see the value in what we do is quite encouraging, I guess. And are there more short films to choose from? Because it certainly feels like more people are making them right now. And how do you go about organising that programme and making those selections? Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like more people are... We, we Our submissions went up ridiculously this year. So we had almost double the submissions that we had any of the years before, which none of us saw coming. You're doing something, um, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like, on the one hand, I was like, this is great, but also how do you get through this? You know, we had to like recruit loads of extra um, submissions viewers. 
yeah, whether that's because more people are making stuff for, or because we are getting more known and therefore people are submitting to us. Um, I don't know, but it's probably hopefully a mixture of both. The way we select, I guess, is the, the core. Some of the, at, at the heart of our program are these competition programs. So we've got an international competition and a Scottish competition. And the international has six programs. And the Scottish actually this year went up from three to four because we just got a lot of really good Scottish work in, which, which is also, I guess, part of the same, you know, hopefully good trend. <laughs> and so our... Those competition programs are largely, I would say, 80-90% selected from what we get submitted to us. And some of it is sourced, but we try to we try to, you know, we try to favor submissions. And that process kind of like so we have a big team of submissions viewers, um, and every film gets watched twice um over the course so between early June when we open to to early December. Um every film gets watched twice. People rate them and comment on them and then we have regular meetings as a team to to sort of discuss ones that maybe had quite divisive opinions or ones that really stood out for everyone. And then kind of end with a few really big submissions viewing days as a team in December. And then from then on, we create a long list, which me and my colleague, um, Matt Lloyd, who's, who's been the director of the festival for a decade now, we then go through that and, and curate that into into the competition programmes. Some of those submissions also go into some of our late night programs. So we'll do sort of genre programs that very often are submitted films that we really love, but didn't really sit well in our competition. So we can use them in, in, in those programs. Um, but then the rest of the festival programs, so all our kind of special screenings, um, like thematic focuses, like filmmaker focuses, live events, that's stuff that we either in our team, we, we curate or we get other people from other organizations, partners to, to work on. What stands out for you in a short film? Is there something particularly that you look for or that it grabs your attention? I have things that I'm quite interested in and I feel like I go through through different waves with that as well. You know, there's like there'll be a year where I'm like, this is this is now what I'm into and I'll just all my research will go into that. But I think as a festival, even though we're open to anything and, and we will screen sort of fiction, documentary animation, artist moving edge work all together. And next to each other, I think we, we're particularly interested in just sort of experimentation, whether that's with storytelling or with form. Like we're not, it's not about, you know, high production values or something being just, you know, a perfect, a perfect mm. film. It's about what it's trying to do and how it's being innovative in that way. And I think as well, like with the appetite for short film growing, we've also seen it become recognised as an art form mm-hmm. as well and um, you know not just a calling card for a young filmmaker but you know something substantial in and of itself kind of something that you've seen as well. Yeah and I think that's a big deal for us as well like obviously you can't because of part of what we do is, is talent development and we want to support talent and you know part of that because of how the industry works is people are a lot of people are making work to then hopefully step up to to do feature work and that's entirely fine and and we encourage that but I think we are most interested in short film for its own sake and and as its own form. And is that part of the reason that um, GSFF like uh, separated out from the Glasgow Film Festival so you could sort of have your own ethos and programme and it wasn't you know lost with the the melee of features? Yeah I mean I think we all always had I think we always were sort of our own thing and, and I don't think our our ethos or our or the type of work we show has really changed um but it's more that we were so distinct and because we were growing that became more and more apparent that it also in terms of like industry you know like in terms of people who are coming to the festival it kind of 
made a lot of sense for us to be at a different time and and be our own thing rather than drowning in you know in this huge feature festival. And once the programme's locked, um, what's the focus of your role then, like in the in the lead up to and then during the festival, kind of yeah. as co-director? What it what is it that you're yeah doing? Bit of everything, <laughs> I think, because we, we we are a really small team, so we kind of really all do a bit of everything. Um, particularly this year, because because we've now even even though we were a separate festival in the calendar uh, we were still a project of Glasgow Film so we still sat within that organization and had all the support that comes with being in an organization of that size and then last year we went independent so we've become an independent charitable organization which is great and and I think for the future will be really really like good and useful for us but it does mean that all of a sudden that infrastructure we had partly fell away and it means that all of a sudden we're sort of taking up all these jobs that I think maybe we didn't even realise that we needed support for. So this this year particularly, I was sort of trying to log the programme, but then also thinking of how we were going to do our marketing and how we were going to coordinate our volunteers and how we, you know, so that like right now I'm in the middle of trying to coordinate our volunteers, which is not a job I've ever had to take on before. So this year is, is really quite interesting. But I think, yeah, usually it is sort of, um, also managing the rest of the team and um, dealing with the logistics of, of the events and, and our partnership relations and making sure that that's all kind of covered by the time we start. Um, and let's talk about marketing because um, Glasgow is quite like a cultural hub. There's always, you know, there always seems to be something going on here. Yeah. Do you find that you compete for audiences or there, there's like a baked in audience that would come to this, you know, because it's a film going kind of place? I guess both like we we do have a loyal audience like we have people that support us and come back every year and and it's great to see that and it's great to see that sort of gradually growing (laughs) but I think I do think Glasgow for a city of its size like it's a big city but it's also it's a small big city (laughs) and there's just so much happening there's even just in terms of film festivals like it feels there's a film festival on every other week like (laughs) sometimes every week (laughs) sometimes they're on at the same time and and you do, and it's lovely because I think it it really is community focused. Like Glasgow is such a community focused place, and you have all these events that are like you know focusing on particular. You know, I've got the Queer Film Festival, which is doing amazing work, and then Film Spectives, which is a feminist festival, and and they've just done their second year. And then Matchbox, we work with, focuses on cult film, and so you've got all these things catered for. But yeah, I guess because there's so many of us, and Glasgow, and it, like the, the wider arts in Glasgow is so rich as well that the cultural calendar sometimes feels quite congested and it is quite a challenge considering we're all fairly small with limited resources to then stand out in amongst all that. And it is a cinema going city, like it's it, it's it, it's a cinema loving city, but at the same time there's all these small independent exhibitors who are also kind of trying to work in the same spaces because you know you've only got the one independent cinema that is GFT CCA, Centre for Contemporary Arts, which which a lot of us use because they have a really wonderful open source programme. But you are kind of not, yeah, you're not competing with each other, but you are trying to stand out next to, I don't know, it's, it's yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky environment for that. Yeah. But luckily it's friendly and everyone supports each other and works with each other, so... Um, and coming back to the move to become an independent charity, um, can you talk about perhaps what uh, what motivated that? And you said that hopefully yeah, that will benefit you in years to come. I mean, the, the motivation for it is, is it's such a complex range of things, which has a lot to do with 
with funding and and what GFT, the kind of process GFT or Glasgow Film was going through and and how we fit within that and but it, it, it was like over a half year of, of conversations about this and ultimately we decided initially we weren't really keen on the idea of going independent because it is it does create more instability I guess um but but ultimately I think Matt and I just yeah so we saw the kind of opportunity in it and and in a way we didn't really see any other way of doing it and uh it's difficult. It's been a really difficult year because you are instead of the time that you you need to spend planning a festival, you are trying to set up this new structure and, and kind of you know you come across stuff that you've never really had to deal with before. But it's been for me, it's been really good because I've kind of always worked with the festival. On I was in the office for six months and then I would do sort of freelance work the rest of the year for them or or keep in touch in different ways and then do other jobs on the side. But because of this move. I'm able to come around, come on year round as well, and I think just because we are no longer we we can now kind of develop year round activity and go after different types of funding as an independent entity that we couldn't do before because we were part of a bigger organization. So yeah, while we are still getting to grips with that, I think that will ultimately be really useful for us in the future. Like it allows it allows to grow a lot more and maybe branch out into different activity than, than just the festival. Mm. And what does that look like? What are your ambitions for the festival moving forward? <laughs> it's two weeks away right now, so I just want it to happen, <laughs> and I just want it to happen like, relatively well. <laughs> but um, I think what we we're really interested in, in, we've always sort of done year-round screenings and um, working with other organisations and, and internationally as well. But I think we want to do more of that and maybe more kind of community-focused work throughout the year which is one element of it. And then on the other hand, we are um, quite interested in kind of expanding what we can do in terms of talent development. And so we also, we're also talking to to different people and, and funders about that because I guess we are maybe the main or, or one of the main organisations in Scotland who have really good relationships with young film talent in the country and are able to promote that internationally and have those relationships with festivals and distributors internationally that look for that work. So I would really like to focus in the future on being more, providing more representation for local talent internationally. So yeah, that's something we're exploring. What, what does that look like? As in inviting their films to the festival, or you know, having an industry program, and then and then how do you go about yeah exposing them to kind of other international bodies or professionals? Yeah, so I think within the fe- like in the festival, I guess there's already that because we we show the Scottish work alongside international work and we put it in that context and because of the international industry that attends our festival they then meet each other and and there's been a lot of fruitful collaborations coming from that already you know there's been you know there's been filmmakers we work with quite a lot that have I guess through our festival then moved on or or like been been kind of picked up internationally and have good relationships with other festivals internationally. I guess beyond that the idea of maybe working towards us being a sort of agency that can can do a lot of that work for filmmakers. Like, for example, if we could represent work or filmmakers and even get their work seen by festivals across the world and have those those relationships so that it's not so that their work is not just drowning in everything else that's that's coming to them. Um, which is what a lot of a lot of other places do as well. And I think it would kind of take pressure away from filmmakers and by maybe being able to get fee waivers or kind of multiple submission discounts all this kind of stuff that you would you would be able to to make that a bit easier for Mm. for them you know there's a lot of places um sort of short film markets 
at festivals across Europe, particularly that you know it would be useful to have a presence there and 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 make sure we can promote new work there and just have this direct contact with relevant people. What excites you about filmmaking talent in Scotland? Is there is there something <laughs> particular that you think comes out of um, yeah Scotland? Oh, it's really hard to say. Um, I don't know if it's anything. It's if it's anything particular. I think. I mean, I quite like this year's crop that we got in just because it is it, it is so varied and I mean in Scotland you know people people are able to kind of not take themselves too seriously but also <laughs> but also do <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if there's like one thing that would be like that is that is what's sort of exciting me but I think it has a it has a rich filmmaking culture and I think there are these pockets that are just like the, the animation scene in Edinburgh is just like it's incredible like the stuff that's been coming out of there for the last few years is it's just genuinely stuff that I, it's not just I'm like oh this is good for Scotland it's like mm. I really love it Scottish filmmaking has this sort of tendency to or it's associated with, with almost this kind of miserabilism which has been done in really really good yeah. ways but it's also nice to kind of see people step away from that and not and not just be rooted in that kind of tradition I guess for short film production in Scotland there's a lot of limitations in terms of where what you can get funding for and how many people can get funding but even aside from that there's like outside of the I guess the kind of traditional schemes there's just so much independent work being made that is really really interesting and it's really exciting and it's traveling internationally and so just really lovely to see that happen is that your favorite part of the job and if not what is there's a lot there's a lot about it that i really love like i mean i, lo- I love just the research that can go in that, that goes into programming and i i love the social aspect of it which sometimes is exhausting but then most of the time i i do really love it like i've met some of my best friends now in this world and and I know and it's a niche like I'm very aware that it's a niche but it's really lovely to be able to share that passion with people and to see I guess maybe more because it's smaller to see the the kind of benefits and outcomes of what you do more than you might be able to see that with 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 feature with like larger scale work where it is just like a lot bigger and there's so much more people many more people involved that that this way yeah you see small changes and small seeds just kind of blossoming and it's lovely you know and do you find it creatively fulfilling yeah I mean it's like it's a creative job people I feel like when people when people don't know about it and you talk to them about it they think it's this really creative job and that you're just watching and picking films for a living which partly is true but it's also not (laughs) it's like 10% I do find it creatively fulfilling and I love doing it but yeah I mean a lot of it is still sitting behind a desk and staring at databases and spreadsheets and sending emails you know it's it's like 80% of your day and are there any particular skills that you think make you good at your job like to me it sounds like there's yeah as you say with um spreadsheets and maybe strategic side that's a a balance between sort of yeah a bit more of a logical brain and then the social aspect as well I'm sure there's a lot of people that are genuinely really good and skilled and, and just kind of made for that logistical side of things but I also have a feeling from my own experience and a lot of people I know that it's just stuff that we kind of learn how to do as we go because we love doing the other stuff. And so, yeah, those are skills I think I've definitely had to kind of develop and I'm still developing. In terms of what makes me good at it, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Like, I, I always, whenever people talk to me about this, I'm always like, I feel like anyone could do this if they just put a bit of work and, and passion in it, you know? So maybe it's, maybe it's passion um, and maybe it's like genuine, you know, sort of tenacity to like mm. stick with things and put up with quite a lot of limitations mm. and but still find like still make the best out of that the kind of desire to research and to find out more about stuff and to read things in a way that 
makes you able to put them in dialogue with each other is important. But whether that that's not really a hard skill, I guess it's just something that that grows the more you do it. People see what job I have and they think that it's like this really lovely, you know, you're like mm. one of the unicorns that has this lovely, stable position. And mm. I'm like, that's only very recent. And even then it's part time, you know, like mm. I just for so long was doing so many different jobs at the same time just to be able to keep doing this. And that's not possible for everyone. Like I'm very aware that that's not something that everyone can do. Yeah, so it's luck as well. But that this, yeah, they're just like sticking with it. And was one of those splinter things that you're doing the document film festival at the same time? Yeah. So talk yeah. a bit about your involvement with that. It's a human rights film festival yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. What do you do with them? Um, so I've been involved with them for two years. It's, it's yeah, a human rights documentary festival, which has been going for ages, like 17, 18 years, and kind of started from very much like an activist grassroots um, context. And in the last years, has sort of, I guess, been a, it's, it's sort of trying to find a way to be a bit more sustainable because for ages it was just entirely volunteer run and it didn't really get funding to send off, not any to speak of at least. Mm. Um, and that's been changing over the last few years. And um, in the 2018 edition was the first one that I worked on sort of as a programmer and a producer. For the last, for the 2019 one, I, I was more on the, more focused on programming. But it, yeah, again, it's so small that you're kind of doing everything ultimately. But it's yeah, it's a really lovely, almost boutique scale festival which almost takes place in, like entirely in um, CCA here in Glasgow and it looks at it looks at human rights but I think in in the broadest context possible and I think it also interrogates what that human rights framework means and who has set that up and who that you know like what what does that really amount to um, and then the films it shows I think it used to be a lot more yeah that kind of activist kind of rough and ready filmmaking but it's it's, it's sort of taking a turn now to more to a balance of of issue based filmmaking, but also things that are artistically and aesthetically innovative and interesting. So yeah, it's you know it'll it, you'll you'll show an artist moving image film. But this year we had we had um, a film called Solidarity by Lucy Parker, who's an artist, and so it's like an artist film, but it was focused on on unions and workers' rights. So the panel around it was like an activist panel with like trade unionists involved and stuff. And so you get those kind of crossovers, and, and I think that's like almost the, the loveliest part about that festival is that it's able to do that. It's, it's able to kind of, you know, encourage and develop cinematic language and, and interest, but then also deal with these these huge issues and, I guess, topics that don't necessarily often get discussed in a normal cinema context. Mm. That always strikes me as kind of the thing that I love most about programming is, like, the context that yeah. programmers then provide. So, you know, it's all very well watching the film, but sometimes the discussions that they foster afterwards, be it through, you know, panels or Q&As with the filmmakers often feel like such a rich space, as you say, to have like yeah. a different kind of dialogue. And that's what I think that's what I like. I know there's people who, with, you know, and <laughs> entirely fine because sometimes I'm like that where you just want to go to the cinema and you just want to like be entertained and see a good film mm-hmm. and you don't want to listen to the Q&A afterwards. But to be able to put on an event that is, what its intent is as much about the conversations and the, and, and the personal engagement as it is about the films you know, it's really lovely and people, and there is an audience for it in Glasgow because Glasgow is such a politically just active city. Um, and coming back, you said like, you know, some people ask you how, how to get into programming. That seems to me like quite a good route is to sort of like find a niche festival where yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's volunteer and it's community minded. And so you kind of get a real insight, but also input into a festival like that. Is that something you yeah, I recommend as well for people. Yeah, definitely. I think I think any you know, I started volunteering as well. Like I think any and it's not I mean it's not something that 
I want to encourage, like I don't think free labour is a good thing, but but I think in, in the way that things work, like that's how I got into it. And I guess, yeah, finding your niche or finding a very particular interest within film will definitely benefit you. And I think just doing a lot of the other work, like I didn't get into programming, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into this industry as a programmer. I got in by doing a bunch of other stuff and then was given the opportunity because you learn and you see things and, and you learn from other people. And that's how I got into it. So I think a lot of the time I sort of, yeah, when, when it's this idea of like, how do you become a programmer? Or how, how does that root work? And like, I doubt a lot of people just get into it and are a programmer. Mm. Um, and speaking of other work, you're also on the advisory board for Fun Spectres, yes. which you mentioned just uh, had yeah. a second edition. How did that go and what's your what's your role there? Yeah, so I have to say, I feel really bad about this because they're lovely and, and Lauren and Cathy, who run Fun Spectres, are lovely and, and, and they really like know their stuff and know what they're doing. But I couldn't actually attend this edition because I was at the Berlin Hall, uh. <laughs> um, which I have apologised for a lot. Um but uh, yeah, I just kind of came on board because I know I, I, I knew one of them quite well, and we, we, you know, they'd been speaking about it for quite a long time. Kathy had been doing um, quite a lot of research into women's festivals, and, and Lauren is, is really like Lauren's worked at Glasgow Film Festival and TIFF, and and yeah, I think they're 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 small, but they're just doing really interesting work with a lot of care and thought and like 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 ethical consideration from the get go, which is nice to see. And I think I've not seen them since this last edition has ended, but it seems like it went it went really well and they were really happy with it and other people's feedback has been really good. Um, my role in it, I mean, the advisory board, I'm on with, with a few other women, but it, it's, I mean, it is an advisory board. It's not, they come to us and they'll, you know, they'll they'll sort of ask for opinions when needed, but we, we kind of let them, we trust them and we kind of let them to it. Like, I'm, you know, we're not expected to to make any decisions or, or decide what direction they should take or, you know. Um, so we're there just really for moral support and sometimes a bit of advice. Yeah, that's um, so nice though that you're then perhaps able to give back as well from like your industry experience yeah, and then yeah, help yeah. a smaller festival kind of like grow. And yeah, exactly. Up. And to be honest, like, I mean, it's it's nice that it's nice they've asked me to do that. I'm, I'm happy to do it, but also like they're as good as me. Like I'm not, you know, like this is not, I don't feel I'm sort of no, like, yeah. I don't feel like I have any wisdom that they don't have <laughs> or something like um, and you mentioned that they were they were sort of ethically minded, and I'm wondering is that a sort of trend that you've noticed in the the film festival space, particularly with conversations around the climate crisis and mm. sustainability? Because obviously, a festival um, incurs a lot of travel, and yeah. there's lots of people, and also you know there's water bottles at the industry hub yeah. and things like that. Is that something yeah. you've kind of noticed changing and being more conscious of? as an organiser of a festival? Yeah, I definitely feel... Well, I think those conversations are kind of, at, at least in the short film circuit, they are, they are going on and people are, are sort of, you know, wondering more about how we, can, how we can tackle that. I feel particularly in Glasgow, Glasgow's really good for driving that kind of stuff and there's quite a lot of festivals that are doing a lot of incredible work and leading the way on, uh, whether it's on ethics or access provision or, you know. Um, but yeah, regarding, like, actually... We are for our industry program this year. We're doing a few micro panels that are not really outcome driven, but just kind of open platforms for conversations between filmmakers and festival workers to discuss some of that stuff. One of them is one of them is one that is about festival networks in a time of crisis, which does touch on climate change. And I guess, like darkly, with things like the coronavirus as well, where it's like this stuff isn't sustainable, and it's particularly hard for us because we're on an island and we're in, on, in the north of an island and you know if we decide to tomorrow not 
travel anymore. We're kind of like locking ourselves off from that industry and um, or even if we don't fly other people over anymore. Um, so it is it is a tricky balance and we are constantly talking about it and, and it's about whether you then have to change the intent of your festival as well and yeah it's a difficult conversation I kind of hope by, by putting stuff on around it that we can all kind of share our own our mm. own views and our own strategies for it we're doing some stuff as well about like positionality and curation which obviously uh, has been quite a big conversation for a while um, and about screening and speaker fees which often again comes down to this idea of like free labour and, and to what point can you can you allow that? And different filmmakers and different festival people have different opinions on that. Um, so, and you know, they're very much like based on your own personal or, or cultural context. And yeah, I think it's it's good that everyone else is sort of catching on to those conversations, and we're all hopefully trying to get somewhere with it. I love that idea of yeah, not an outcome-driven conversation, but just providing a forum for yeah. discussion. Yeah. Talking of career highlights, have you had any kind of programming kind of wins or something that you're particularly proud of, like, shown? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's stuff, at, like, the first time I had a programme travel internationally, you know, that was lovely, the fact, like, something that's being picked up by a festival abroad is just, right, right. like, it was like a programme I did called When I Say Vagina, and it was just films about vaginas, basically. Um, well, well, you know, it was deeper than, like, I'm not going to, I can't even use the word deeper. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was more substantial than that, but it was centred around this this idea of vaginas and the female body. And um, and we screened it here in Glasgow in a very, in an old snooker hall. So it was like a sort of kind of traditionally masculine environment, mm. I guess. And it did really well. It was like a bit of a riot. Um, and so it was nice to for that to be picked up by another festival in Europe. Things like, I guess a lot, like, sort of when you get to your, like, firsts in this world, I think those are quite big things. Like, I was I was invited on a jury of um, a shorts festival in Montreal, a short section of a bigger festival in Montreal. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff is like, I can't believe this is my life now. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's a bit surreal because you're like, why am I, why am I here? <laughs> like, why are you asking me this? That was lovely. And then in the last year, particularly, I've just had some some really great experiences. I was part of um, uh, Developing Your Film Festival, which is this annual course that ICO run, um, which last summer took place in Wrocław in Poland. Um, so I was there in a group of, of about 30 people just from across the world who were all working in, in a similar industry. And so that, just to, to learn from them and from like just really like you know top professionals in that field was incredible. Just... Just recently, just last week, um, I was at the Berlinale, which is usually a festival we can't go to because it's so close to our own festival. But I got this invite, which I'm still not sure how this happened. At, like, at some point, I was approached by the German consulate in Edinburgh, and they were like, oh, the Goethe Institute has recommended you for this program that the Foreign Office does at the Berlinale. And so they invite 25 people from all corners of the world to just have this kind of tour across the Berlinale for a week and wow. meet all these departments and... And I'm still a bit like, I can't believe that that happened. <laughs> but it was lovely. And you just sit there, with, again, with people from such different contexts who are doing such amazing work. And you're like, why am I here? But you learn like so much in, in, in the space of a week. And so those experiences, I think, are like kind of my highlights, usually. Mm. Up from the moment I went to my first festival, people were just so lovely and generous and just inclusive. And it's a really, not, like, I've learned a lot from people in that space because they were just so nice. It doesn't feel like you have to claw your way in or something. Like, obviously, I still feel like, you know, you still have imposter syndrome and you're still next to all these people where you're like, I don't even know how to get to that point. But 
but it never feels like you don't belong even like there in Berlin where where I was worried because it was like the largest scale of I'd, I'd ever been to and and even then I was like it's surprisingly friendly like people are surprisingly nice it is competitive like it is hard work and people do get yeah they do get kind of messed around a lot because people are often like treated as if they are disposable and you know you work a lot for no money or you're not valued and mm. and to be in an environment where you don't feel that way is amazing is there something that you've seen um, recently, it can be a new or old release, that you think is a particular gem that not enough people have seen? I mean, I feel like I have to go for short films, right? Because everyone's probably more up on their features than I am. But there's a collective that I've been sort of looking at and that I tried to get this year for the festival and hopefully we can get them the next year. But they're called Neozoon um, and they're a female collective based in Berlin, I think, um, who are just really interesting. And there's a lot of their work is online. And we're showing their new film, which isn't online, we're showing that in competition. Um, but they do they do a lot of, um, they, they kind of work with like online found footage, they call it. And so there's like ethical questions around how they produce their work, because they will just take loads of stuff out of, of YouTube and create films with that. But it's very much based on on repetition and, and people putting up kind of consumerist videos. And they're, they're just... They're kind of layering that and like and putting them all next to each other to kind of show the absurdity of how people like what people do put online and 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 you know vloggers and all this kind of stuff. But then also it creates this really they create these really absurd and really funny videos, but that are also so they're they're, they're like just indictments of consumerism and capitalism. And um, they've got ones that are particularly about about trophy hunting that are like really disturbing but incredible. And the new one they've done is based on religion, so it's it's sort of like a lot of videos of, that people put online about. Yeah, it'll it'll have sort of like videos of congregation of like mass congregations and that kind of like speaking in tongues. At it, like yeah, I recommend people look them up. They're called Neozoon, like N E O Z O N. Yeah, they're amazing. I'd recommend everyone to, to seek them out. I feel like I'm going to go on an internet deep dive. Yeah, <laughs> it is really interesting. Worth checking out. You piqued yeah. my interest, so yeah. hopefully you have that as well. Um, thank you so much. This yeah, has been thank really you. great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Best Girl Grip. Glasgow Short Film Festival are a registered charity and if you fancied making a donation to support them, you can email them at finance at glasgowshort.org to arrange that. If you liked what you heard on the podcast and found it interesting, I'm pleased to say there is plenty more where it came from and you can browse the archive at your leisure on iTunes, Spotify or Acast. And if you really, really liked what you heard, leave a review. I'm told it's meant to spread good pod karma. Have a safe and healthy week. <laughs>